Welcome to the LinkedIn Life Podcast, a space where you'll get a behind-the-scenes look into what makes life, work, and culture at LinkedIn so special. I'm your host, Kate Rogan, and I can't wait for you to meet some of my amazing colleagues here at LinkedIn, where we're transforming the way the world works on a daily basis. Let's get to it. Today, we're introducing you to the one and only Tyrona Heath. Ty joined LinkedIn in 2015 and is currently the Director of Market Engagement at LinkedIn's B2B Institute, a think tank funded by LinkedIn, which studies the future of B2B marketing and decision-making. She is also a co-founder of Transform Her, the premier conference for professional women of color and allies in technology. Ty is a two-time Olympic trials qualifier in the 800-meter event, a top speaker and marketer in her field, and a teacher at heart. Let's get to know Ty. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the LinkedIn Life podcast. I can't wait for you all to get to know our guest today, Ty Heath. Welcome, Ty. How are you? I am well. Thanks so much for having me. It's wonderful to be here. Yeah, great to see you. Great to see you. It's been a little while since we've been in the same space together, so it's lovely to see your face. Likewise. Our audience, I'm sure, is going to be so curious about your career path. And to get us started, I think we'd love to hear, like, if you could just give us a summary, like, what do you do here at LinkedIn? Yes, yes. So we wear many hats, as (laughs) as many of us do. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Uh, So the main hat is I'm Director of Market Engagement at LinkedIn's B2B Institute Think Tank, and we are a think tank that works with leading practitioners and academics to investigate how marketing can create more value. I get to be curious and nerdy about marketing, studying the future of B2B marketing and decision-making and educating people on the B2B marketing category. It's a lot of fun with that, but that's the main hat. Uh, I've also served as the vice president and president of LinkedIn's Black Inclusion Group during my time at LinkedIn uh, as head of the Black Inclusion Group ERG, thinking about how we can create programs and initiatives that resonate beyond the tenure of my time in that seat, helping build community, bring opportunities and empower Black people within LinkedIn. And of course, alongside our active allies, I have served as the co-founder of a conference called Transform Her, uh, which focuses on women of color and active allies. Excited to have worked on that with you (laughs) as well. So that's an exciting thing that we share. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, I uh, see myself as someone who is out in the world making LinkedIn's vision and mission come to life in whatever way I can. And, you know, and that is making sure that people are connected to economic opportunity and in particular communities that have been historically excluded from those opportunities. Yeah. Wow. What a summary. There are multiple hats. There is like multi-hyphenate stuff happening all (laughs) over the place here. Like maybe we take it sort of a little bit piece by piece, like for folks who might not be as familiar with the space, what is B2B marketing and like, why is it important? So B2B marketing, I, I love it. I see it as kind of like an underdog space to play in. I I landed in B2B marketing because I became fascinated by the 
longer sales cycles, the relationships required to build. But just to take a huge step back, what the heck is it, Mm -hmm. folks? It is rather than B2C or business to consumer, which is when you sell a product direct to a consumer, imagine walking into a store and picking up a can of soda Mm -hmm. or walking into a shop and buying an outfit, a t-shirt or something like that. It is a business selling various products or services, whether it's software, security solutions, office supplies to another business. So in that way, it requires different thinking. Of course, you're still selling to human beings, Mm -hmm. but rather than you making the decision, sometimes it's a committee of people making a decision. Imagine how complicated it might be and the different people within a business that would decide to buy an analytics platform Mm -hmm. (laughs) for the organization. Mm -hmm. So not only are you selling to a committee, but a decision is made like, to buy something like that over a period of time. So it's not a snap decision that's made. So going back to what I said initially about relationships being involved, building trust over time, bringing credibility that you can solve the problem. So there's a lot more elements at play that are a part of B2B marketing. And that's part of why I think it's so exciting. But fundamentally, we shouldn't forget that we're still selling to human beings. So all of the same things like bringing emotion, creativity, all of those things that spark people's excitement and inspiration around a product or service are still necessary in B2B marketing. Thank you. That was super helpful. How did you end up in the B2B marketing space? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So I grew up with traditional Jamaican parents. Okay. Okay. So let me start there. It, we're going it wasn't way back. like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go way back because yeah. it wasn't, you know, one of those conversations like there's this thing called B2B marketing that you should totally do. Like it just wasn't. But anyway, I went to school. I studied politics. I studied international economics at Georgetown undergrad. And what resonated with me about that was politics is to me about how do you move ideas and people forward. Mm. So then when I ended up, I was training for track and field at Georgetown as a top ranked 800 meter runner. Mm -hmm. I decided that the next step was to go and try out for the Olympics in 2000. This was back in 2004. So I moved out to the Bay Area with the idea that that was going to be the move and ended up in the heart of Silicon Valley. Mm. And that was where I finally got exposed to digital marketing. So started a career at Google, learning how to do the fundamentals of advertising. But what I realized after some time there is I really wanted to understand the principles of marketing. Mm. So after some time, I went back to school, went to business school at Emory and ended up running into a entrepreneurship professor who said to me, Ty, you know, because I, I was interested in starting a company, but just didn't have the tools just yet. And he said, if you know, it, I can help you do that. And if you come here, I'll help you launch a business before you graduated. So being fascinated by marketing, I was like, I want to start a marketing company. But the question was, what type of marketing company? I am in coffee shops in Atlanta, just downloading materials. And at the time, HubSpot had a lot of really great information, ebooks, guides. And so I'm downloading these things to the point where someone from HubSpot called me. 
because they put my phone number into one of those forms. Into one of those lead gen forms, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's, I was like, I really want that guide. I'm going to let me put my phone number in here. So I get a phone call and somebody from HubSpot is like, we've noticed you're downloading a lot of guides here. Are you an agency by any chance? And I said, uh, no, I'm not an agency. I'm, I'm just a student who wants to learn all about B2B marketing and inbound. It's fascinating. And they said, wait a minute, but do you want to be an agency? And I was like, sure. Yes, <laughs> let's do that. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. So I started my agency out of the MBA program office, a closet, a storage closet in the MBA program office. And I don't know if they know that I did that, but here they know it now. Mm -hmm. And it would be funny if the clients I had could picture me like surrounded by like brooms and mm -hmm. books and, and things like that, uh, literally also building their campaigns. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how you got your start and it worked out. <laughs> That's exactly how I got my start in B2B. I love that. It sounds to me like a lot of just sort of following your curiosity, right? Like a lot yeah. of just listening to your curiosity and seeing where it took you. So Ty, how did you end up at LinkedIn? Yeah, so I'm running my agency and I'm I'm loving it. Uh, I'm building campaigns for customers and I started to discover what I loved most about the job, and that was the teaching aspect of it, that it was the speaking, it was the breaking down of complex ideas into simple things that people could act on that I enjoyed the most. Uh, that's where I found the most alignment with my passion. And I said, why can't this be what I do most of the time? And I decided I had to go after that. Mm. So I, sp I spent some time thinking about it and it was really difficult because I loved what I was doing, but I unwound the agency and started looking around in the world for what's happening where I could actually put that into practice. And, you know, I was saying relationships matter. Here we go with that. So I reached out to a former colleague and I said, what's happening at LinkedIn? And she was like, this is a great place. And actually there's a role that I think would be perfect for you in our agency and channel business, because it's teaching people how to do B2B well. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Sign me up. What do I do? Yeah. So I interviewed for the role and I was excited to, to get it and then dive into the world of educating our customers on B2B mm -hmm. in our LinkedIn marketing solutions business. Wow. Wow. Love that story. Love that story. The power of relationships. Yes, mm -hmm. it can be a cliche. It can also be true. Right? Like, exactly. It can be, it can be exactly. both. It can be both things. Absolutely. Yeah. And in your time at LinkedIn, you mentioned some of this at the top, you have done so much, right? Like there has been um, your leadership in the Black Inclusion Group, you have launched uh, or co-founded Transform Her. And in that time, is that also like when the B2B Institute sort of like came into being as well mm -hmm. over the, your tenure here at LinkedIn? Yeah. So the B2B Institute did not exist when I first joined LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And I was also at a point in my career where I said, this is, it's, it's my turn. It's go time for me. Yeah. 
what I mean by that is I had spent uh, years absorbing uh, information, uh, having mentors and sponsors pour into me, educate me and help me move forward. And as I stepped into LinkedIn, I had a chance to reflect on, wait a minute, it's, it, this is the time in my career where I get, I get to give back. And so a couple things happened. One, I learned a great deal from the founder of Google's Black Inclusion Group. Mm -hmm. And I was so inspired by her work that when an opportunity came to step into that role and go after leading the Black Inclusion Group, I felt that it was important for me to take that on and give back in the same way that she contributed to all of us. Second thing was that within my role in the agency and channel business, some things were brewing among our, our clients. We had a number of clients that were asking for details, like how do we understand the trends that are going on in the world and in B2B? What can we do to better be on top of what's happening? So a few folks on the team put together this guide called B2B Trends for the Contrarian Marketer. It was the first edition of that. And it was an intelligent risk piece of work that was funny, fun, thought provoking, and really went at little practiced ideas that when put into play can deliver a lot of value. At the B2B Institute, we look for ideas that are contrarian and right, because ah. you can be with the crowd, consensus, contrarian against the crowd, or you can be wrong or right about an idea, mm -hmm. right? If you're wrong, you're just wrong. Yeah. If you're consensus and right, that's where everyone is playing. So the value gets competed away. So simply put, what you want to do is what no one else is doing and be right about it. Mm -hmm. So that contrarian and right framework for the very beginning is what informed our B2B trend strategy. So that was where it was born. So it was born out of an idea to deliver value to help clients make better decisions about the future of their marketing. And when it landed, people were like, this is amazing. Give me more. Mm -hmm. So we kept delivering on it and delivering on it. And then uh, it became a big enough thing. People were like, oh, that's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. So that we actually were able to pitch the formation of a new piece of the business called the B2B Institute. And then now we're, we've grown tremendously from there. I, I would say, just to wrap that piece up, between leading the Black Inclusion Group and learning how to influence folks, how to tackle really complex issues, and then building the brand of the B2B Institute and getting some new things off the ground, I was able to draw a lot from my entrepreneurship mm -hmm. experience, bringing that to entrepreneurship. But also at the same time, it was a front seat masterclass in tackling and navigating the unknown, ter unknown territory between those two things um, in the best possible way. You can only imagine the different things that happen over time out in the, the economic mm -hmm. environment with what was happening in the conversation around race and gender and all the things in the workplace over the past couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You mentioned this, this sort of like feeling that you had when you came to LinkedIn, it's like go time almost, right? Mm. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's a little bit of like, let's put our foot on the accelerator, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like how that happened? 
right? Or like what it meant, what opened up for you when all of a sudden you had that realization? Yes, yes. I find incredible gratitude in even just the most difficult and uncomfortable experiences I've had in my life. To be real, you know, I had a sister that passed away when I was 16 years old that showed me that nothing is promised to any of us. You know, we have to, you know, really think about what do we want to do with the time we had? I had an incredible coach who shared with me this amazing framework. Mm -hmm. And in that framework, you look back at your life from, this is an important conversation. I'm not trying to be morbid folks, but the point is you look back on your life from the time of your death and you actually think about what do I want my life to look like intentionally? And you write the story of your life looking backwards from that point in time. And that story of your life that you write becomes a North Star to you to help guide the decisions you make. And so a couple years ago, I actually started doing that exercise. And I realized that stepping into this new role, the age that I am today, I'm in my 40s today, and the position, the leadership position I was stepping into in my role, there was a responsibility I felt And so I wrote that into my vision for my life. And I've continued to update that over the past couple of years, recognizing that the next decade for me is probably one of the most pivotal decades that I have to be able to contribute to the world. Mm -hmm. And also recognizing that in the marketing industry, there are few leaders that look like me. Mm-hmm. in the space and really wanting to open that up so that uh, folks coming into marketing see other examples of what leaders look like. You know, when you close your eyes and you think of, you know, what does a CMO look like? What does, you know, a marketing leader look like? I'm probably not with my like twists, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and my, you know, way of being, It's it, I'm not the typical thing. And I want to blow that open for people Mm -hmm. so they can see themselves reflected and see a different way, a different lens of taking things in. And hopefully part of the story is that those different ideas and perspectives and ways of digesting things that happen moves the industry forward even more quickly and inclusively. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a lot going on there, but for me, it was just the gratitude of having like intentional and hard, like confronting hard lessons about life um, and making decisions about how I want to lead. Absolutely. And it feels like what I'm hearing is like this, this kind of recognition, right. Of like, okay, what makes a good life, but then also bridging that recognition, that sort of like North star work that you've done with the acceptance of like, I'm the person, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm here. I, I'm in the place. Let's go sort of thing. Right. Right on. I think that's a decision that everyone has to make for themselves. I have amazing people in my life that have supported me, whether it's family, I've had great coaches and, and folks around me, but ultimately that decision is up to you to say, if you are a leader, what does a leader do? Mm. What does that look like? And if you choose that, then everything you do comes from that seat. 
wow, our audience is going to be blown away by all of this knowledge that you have just shared. Thank you so much. You know, you have been here since 2015 at, at LinkedIn, and I'm wondering what's keeping you here? <laughs> yes, I have amazing, the team I work with is amazing. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a couple, it's the people, number one. These are some of the s- smartest, kindest, most interesting, funny people. Proud to call them friends and colleagues. Uh, we've been doing this work for some time and we get to be curious together. We get to solve problems and it's so fulfilling to be able to do that. So that's number one. LinkedIn culture, I've found, and I, I remember when I first joined, I went to this event called Storytelling. And there were two people sort of telling the story of their lives, being super authentic and real. And I was just like, is this real? Is this how it is here? You're like, I'm suspicious. Yeah. And I came to realize, I was like, is this, I was like, I was like, you know, little, I was like, mm, I don't know. But yeah. over time, I was like, this is actually a place where you can show up. People actually do care. I've found there's a kindness to the culture here. And I appreciate that. I, I also, I go where the energy is. Um, and there's a lot of energy at LinkedIn generally. And I, I think also within the work that we're doing right now to move the, the B2B category forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's my mantra. Actually, I go where the energy is. I like that. That's a good mantra. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you could give uh, one piece of advice to someone who's interested in pursuing mm-hmm. a role in your field, what would it be? The field is so broad. It's so broad. There's so many different places for people to tap into. What's been helpful to me is like thinking about it as a, as a mountain, as a mountain metaphor. As you look at the field of marketing, you know, thinking about what are the natural footholds in the mountain? What are you good at? What do you find yourself putting hours into consistently and it feels like it's igniting something within you. You know, I think the next thing is to look for, like, as you think about what's the gear on your trip, what's the, who's helping you along the way. I don't do anything by myself. I'm constantly looking for community, teammates, somebody to build with. And so I think about it as like, who's going to help you throw the rope up the mountain, secure the energy, the momentum, you know, who's energy generating around you to help you get from point A to point B. And then um, the last thing I would say is like, what do you see as a problem to be solved? What's a big swing that you can take? And this is like a metaphor for like taking that rope and like throwing it way up and seeing like how you can just like really pull yourself up as high as you can get, which may mean, you know, taking an intelligent risk, taking a leap of faith with people around you. It just makes it more fun when you're doing challenging things together and solving like meaningful problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a favorite or like a peak LinkedIn memory that you can recall? <laughs> I do. I do. I do. I won the LinkedIn leadership award. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly proud. I think the, the peak memory was staring out. We're at the sales conference I'm standing on the stage staring out at multiple thousands of people in the audience. And I, in that moment, just being overcome with gratitude because it wasn't just me that got me to that point. It was 
a lot of people in the community that contributed to the journey. And I just found myself just being happy to be in a place that allows us to lead beyond our titles mm. <laughs> and to uh, bring like truly bring the cultural tenets into the way that that we're working. And so that award was an acknowledgement of not only just the work in B2B, but also transform her the work done in collaboration with our other ERGs to, to really, you know, move the conversation forward. Mm-hmm. So that was peak moment. See my mom give her little video speech. Yeah. <laughs> I just like, <laughs> it was, it was fun. It was really fun to see proud moment. I love that. I love that. Before we get into sort of like some rapid fire questions mm-hmm. to, to close us out, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you feel like is important to your story or your experience at LinkedIn? One of the mantras, the other mantras I've tried to remember in my work is that I am a vessel through which information can be communicated. It's it's not about me. It's about the audiences we serve. And then in doing so, I have nothing to prove, but I have a lot to share. Yeah. And I found that that if I continue to remember that, it gives me freedom to take leaps, to say the things that, that need to be said, to let you know, not worry so much about getting it perfect. Love that. Okay. Are you ready for some rapid fire questions? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. What is a song that you are listening to on repeat right now? Okay. So for those of you in the audience who know I'm a piano, this is a popular genre of music that originated in South Africa. If you don't know, now, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's an amazing sound. Love it. So the song I have on repeat is called Salema Popo and it's by Musa Keys and Louis. And if you have this on your playlist while you're running on a treadmill or doing anything in the gym, I promise you it's going to give you so much energy if you haven't uh, gotten into that yet as a, as a sound to, to, to get into your life. Cause it's, it will change your life. Okay. Thank you for that. I need, I need that. Yes. I need an injection of life. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs> What is something that is not on your LinkedIn profile? Classic LinkedIn question. <laughs> so I had an opportunity to be in a Nike commercial really? years ago. Yeah, it was called Wild Horses. And it was a group of us running through <laughs> the fields of Petaluma in California. It was beautiful. And in the commercial, we were meant to simulate the running of wild horses. And it was wild. It was We were very, like, it was... <laughs> It was a lot of fun, but we were covered in mud and just like horses were uh, by the end. And it was a lot of fun. Maybe you could find that ad somewhere if anyone's yeah. curious. I don't know. Let's put somebody on <laughs> it. Wild horses. It. Yes, yes, yes. Lots of fun. If you could be a first degree connection with anyone on LinkedIn, who would it be and why? Tracy Ellis Ross. Um, call me Tracy. Um, I love you because you have such a quirky and lighthearted approach to fashion. You don't take yourself too seriously. Also, you are a trailblazer in defining different ways of showing up as a woman in this world. You know, she is challenging narrative. She has an amazing TED talk that, you know, challenges, you know, how we use our voices as women, that we can hold space for women to say the things that need to be said, to not repress 
ourselves and to think about different ways that we can show up in the world. Um, she also calls for men to be allies to us. And I just, everything she says just resonates with me and it gives us all permission to live our lives differently. We don't have to follow the, the general path that we've been socialized to follow, the usual get married, have kids. Da, da, da. We, there are other choices that we can make as, as women in the world, if should we choose to do that. Love her. I need to find that TED Talk and dust it off and rewatch it. Everything that she puts out in the world. I'm like, I'm here for it. I love it. Me too. What is the worst piece of career or life advice you have ever received? I love that you asked this question because it's not advice from everyone that you should take. You should really need to think about where it's coming from and think about your context uh, and what you want. And for me, uh, it was somebody that is, was a friend and I know they care a lot about me. They wanted me to be safe and comfortable. Mm. So I got that's where this advice was coming from. And the advice was, you are at a company. And at the time, I was at a great company, one of the, the best companies in the world, recognized as being one of the best companies in the world. And at that time, I was contemplating leaving the company to do take a jump up to another opportunity that I felt was going to grow and expand uh, my skills, my mind. And this person who cared very much about me said, how could you leave this company? Why would you do that? And I think for me, and everyone has to answer this question for themselves, like what purpose do you want your career and profession to serve in your life? For me, I want to continue to learn new things. I want to grow. I want to challenge myself. I want to continue to expand and because I've defined my life that way, the only choice for me was to keep going forward and to take a leap and, you know, really respect, of course, advice from people you love, but you have to know yourself and remember it's you're living for you, not for other people. Yeah, absolutely. And then what's the best piece of career or life advice you've ever gotten? You know, I'll go back to what I had shared earlier by saying you know, all of us has, we have nothing to prove, but we have a lot to share with the world. And so share it, you know, thinking about LinkedIn as well as a place to share that. I think LinkedIn is a conversation before the conversation, before people meet you. One of the things they do is search your name sometimes, and there's an opportunity for you to tell a story in that. So the question is, what is the story you're telling? What are you passionate about? What are you committed to? What do you aspire to create? Um, there's a massive opportunity for each of us to have a platform to move something. Give yourself permission to do that. Well, Ty, with that, I think it's a great place to close. Thank you so much for your time today, for sharing your journey and your advice with our audience. I think it's going to resonate so much. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me and creating the space for people to learn from other people's journeys and, and be inspired. Thank you so much. The LinkedIn Life Podcast is a production of LinkedIn Careers. To learn more about life, work, and culture at the world's largest professional network, visit careers.linkedin.com. Mm -hmm.